Welcome to the next episode of Power of the Patient, a grassroots podcast about getting the care you need for yourself and your family. In healthcare more than anywhere, knowledge really is power. That's what we're here for. Medicine today saves more lives than ever. That's why we have so many more old people than ever before, because people pretty much aren't dying in middle age. Yet at the same time, too often the system falls short. That gap is where you can make a difference by learning what's worth knowing and knowing what's worth doing. My name's Dave Bronkhart. I survived a near-fatal cancer in 2007 by being involved in my health. And I've since traveled around the world talking and listening to thousands of people at conferences and meetings, and I've learned a few things along the way which we're going to talk about. Today's episode is about the crazy, sometimes insane situation in American healthcare distinctly with answering this one impossible question. How much is this going to cost me? We'll get started right after this word from our sponsor. For most consumers, the search for a healthcare provider is a frustrating maze of bewildering choices and unanswered questions. And they really want to hear what other patients have to say in order to make a decision with confidence. With Loyal's Empower Solution, you have the tools to do just that. Empower your patients, the patient, and provide a solution. Maximizing star ratings while introducing deeper insights into what patients really are saying about their experience. You could sort, approve, and publish patient reviews of physicians, services, and even practices using some of the intelligent features like auto-approval and syntax highlighting. To learn more, visit them online at loyalhealth.com. Com. My guest today is my good friend Jeannie Pinder, and we're recording her a little bit out of sequence because she just got a big deal professional journalism award. And you might wonder what does journalism have to do with healthcare, especially investigative journalism? Jeannie, could you tell me what the award was for? Yeah, we won a a huge national prize and a bunch of other national recognitions for our partnership with WVUE Fox 8 Live in New Orleans and NOLA.com slash the Times-Picayune, the biggest digital and print properties in New Orleans. We partnered with them on telling people what stuff costs in healthcare and how to protect themselves against gotcha bills. In preparing for this recording, you shared a story, a very recent story of what happened with a friend. And I want the folks in the audience to think about in what other area of your life, whether it was a supermarket or a car dealership or anything, would you tolerate this? Jeannie, what was it that happened with your friend? And I I should say, by the way, Jeannie's friend obviously has been learning about this whole subject of cost insanity. Yeah, thanks. So a friend of mine went to her GP's office for what was going to be a fairly routine procedure, she thought. And after she checked in, they said, give us your credit card. And she said, well, how much is it going to cost? And they said, well, we don't know. And she said, why would I give you my credit card? (laughs) (laughs) Folks out there in Radio Land, Next time this happens to you, you might try asking that question. So the upshot was that she walked out. I mean, she left. She said, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to give you my credit card. It's like this huge mystery. She went and had her fairly minor procedure performed someplace else where they would tell her, what is this going to cost in advance? One of these just retail clinics, right, where they have a price list posted like any sane business would. Yeah, yeah, uh uh-huh. I really believe this is an important issue for people who are trying to be responsible 
about how much healthcare they consume is the reality that the entire, almost the entire U.S. health system is not organized to tell us what the final bill is going to be. And as Jeannie knows, I've had a number of episodes I'll share a little bit about. What was it that you and the team got honored for? Oh, yeah. So uh, we won the Society for Professional Journalists, Sigma Delta Chi, a national honor, a public service gold medal for revealing health prices in the New Orleans area and for really explaining to people cogently and coherently how they can understand how to ask for health care prices, how to protect themselves against gotcha bills, how to understand what's going on out there. And in doing this, we really set the town on fire. In addition to that, we were finalists for another really big national award, a Peabody Award, where our competition was the New York Times, the BBC, CNN, ABC, Vice, HBO, Amazon.com for creating what the awards called the most powerful, enlightening, and invigorating stories in TV, radio, and digital media with the unique perspective of what constitutes a story that matters. We were one of 60 finalists. There were 30 winners. We felt like we were in pretty great company as a finalist. Give me an example. Give us an example of one of these compelling stories, because I I know from following your work over a number of years and blogging about it, that some of this is just plain insanity. It's as if you go into one grocery store and a certain amount of asparagus costs $4 and in the store next door it costs $120. Yeah, kind of like that. So in New Orleans, we collected prices showing that you could get a simple blood test for $19 in one place, $522 in another. $522 for the same blood test? Yes, the same blood test. We talked to a woman in San Francisco who found an MRI for $500. She was also offered the same MRI for $6,221. So these crazy price variations exist across this great wide land of ours and across multiple procedures. That's what the kind of journalism that we're doing, and that's what we're being praised for. More power to you. I'm going to editorialize here and say, we must put a stop to this. And I know firsthand that if we don't start yelling at people on the phone, I mean, you can talk nice to them first. Because always remember, the worker bees aren't the ones who are screwing up the system. A few years ago, I needed a foot x-ray. And I shopped and shopped and shopped because I was on high deductible insurance at the time. And I found a little retail independent radiology shop 20 miles from home where they had their price list on the home page of their website. And it was something like three times less than a local hospital uh, had told me it would cost. So I went there and got it. And it was that was great. And now that local hospital has bought that independent radiology shop. There are no more prices on the home page. I called in and they said, we can't tell you what it will cost. So I mean, quite honestly, this is just playing crooked. It's a shell game. People are hiding the prices and saying, just as happened with your friend, give me your credit card. Right. <laughs> I forgot to say at the beginning, people need to understand what is your background? You're not just some 
blogger with an attitude, right? What's your professional <laughs> background before you got into this? I have oh, nothing against bloggers with an attitude, mind you. I used to be one. Thanks. Uh, I've been a journalist all my life. Um, I spent almost 25 years as an editor, reporter, and HR exec at the New York Times. I volunteered for a buyout in 2009, and almost a year to the day later, I won a Shark Tank-type pitch contest in front of a jury of New York City venture capitalists and internet bigwigs who thought that I could build a company telling people what stuff costs in healthcare. So I, so I won this grant uh, late 2010, early 2011, started out to do it, almost gave the money back because when I, when I realized how hard it was going to be and what kind of forces were arrayed against us, and then two months later, I won another $20,000 grant. So I felt like this was sort of a sign validation. $40,000 is truly not enough money to start a company or to bring transparency to healthcare. I think you will agree. I got to ask, what was it that you told people you wanted to do with this startup? Well, it seemed pretty obvious. I mean, we're journalists. We like to find stuff out and tell people about it. It's an obvious problem, a problem hiding in plain sight. How hard can it be? Ha ha. What, 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 <laughs> what tell, obvious problem? People don't know what stuff costs in healthcare. You can't understand your bills. You can't find out in advance what things are going to cost. On the back end, you get a gotcha bill. You try to explicate it, understand it, argue about it, and, and you meet just a blank wall. So the idea that this should be something that journalism could solve seemed obvious to me. So pardon me for interrupting, but were you just going to go around and call people and get their price lists? We thought at the time that there was some obvious way to do this. As it turns out, things sort of changed. But one of the things that we do do is we call providers, we do a survey, we ask them for their cash or self-pay prices for common shoppable procedures, categorizing them under the medical billing system so that we can ask them, what is an MRI of the lower back with the common procedural terminology code 72148 at your place uh, compared to the place up the street? So that's for for the audience. That's a big deal. The The medical billing code, remind me what that coding system is called? Common procedural terminology or healthcare, HCPCS healthcare procedure, common terminology. It's commonly known as CPT codes, right? Yes. yes. So um, this is a coding number system is owned by the AMA, the American Medical Association, yes? Yes, that's correct. So, so when you call in to ask to have something done, you ask for for a particular CPT code, right? It's like the part number, in a sense, in a factory. Perfect analogy, yes. And if you can't, if you don't know it off the, you know, off the top of your head, you can ask the doctor, ask the provider. You can ask Google. Google will often tell you the difference between an MRI coded seven two one four eight or an MRI coded seven two one five six. So knowing that lets you know that you're comparing apples to apples. Well, yes and no. Sometimes you ask for an apple and you get a pear, mm, right? That, that's uh, also that, true. I mean, I remember when I, I blogged at length, and I'll put a link to all of this in the show notes for this episode. When I had to have a skin cancer removed 
a few years ago, again, while I was on high deductible, I asked the same question to my hospital. And I said, what's it going to cost? And they said, we don't know. You'll have to ask your insurance company. And I asked my insurance company and they said, we don't know. You'll have to ask your hospital. And I said something roughly equivalent to screw this. <laughs> and I started shopping around. Uh-huh. And what I found, and that's, I'm really glad the, the CPT code came up. What I found was nobody could tell me, but if I called the dermatology department and asked what CPT codes are you going to submit for this procedure, then I could call the billing people and say, what's your list price? I didn't know enough to ask about the cash price. Mm-hmm for each of the CPT codes. Mm-hmm. And that gave me some ability to drag some numbers out of people. Well, but then the other thing that totally shocked me is that they don't all use the same CPT codes for the same thing. Right. So, so I actually needed to ask, what CPT code will you use? Yeah, your, your RFP, when you did that RFP for your skin cancer, I thought that was brilliant. It was inspiring. It was a really dogged reporting job that both displayed how hard it is and also explained that it's actually, it's hard, but it's not impossible. You can do it. It can be done. Well, especially if it's not a crisis. Right. I mean, if you if you need to get earwax taken out of your ear, that's not like I'm dying of stage four kidney cancer. Come on, let's call the fire department. So your company that you started with this little bit of seed money. And it's so funny. I mean, you got these little starter grants, and this was less than peanuts compared to the people we see on Shark Tank on television, right? right? Also very true. Very true. So tell the nice people about your company. Yeah, so we tell people what stuff costs in healthcare, not only on our home site, clearhealthcosts.com, but also in partnership with other newsrooms. So we take our a version of our software, we put it on their website, we do a pricing survey in their city, and then we work with their journalists to make great journalism. The software that we put on their site allows and encourages people to search prices and also share their own pricing information. And, and people can search and share 24-7 then with the information that comes into us via the software, via email, via phone, voicemail, via people coming up to us on the street and saying, I read that story, I've got something I need to tell you. We collect information that helps to make great journalism about how to get a cheaper blood test in New Orleans, how to get a blood test or an MRI that presents a great value in San Francisco, how to um, find a sleep study that won't send you to the poorhouse in Philadelphia. Our partners are amazing. We have great partners. So, you know, it's funny. Usually when you think about investigative journalism, at least when I do, uh, you know, I think about like Watergate or getting to the bottom of who's zooming who in the mayor's office and Mm -hmm. sneaking construction contracts in through their nephew's back pocket or something like that, digging out dirt, I guess, or sometimes there isn't dirt. A good investigative journalist doesn't always end up with dirt because sometimes there's nothing going on. But what you were digging for, I really encourage people to just go look at clearhealthcost.com because, you know, like how much should this MRI cost? What are some of the extremes that you've seen? 
$300 for an MRI, $6,221. We saw one that was $13,389. For the same thing. Same thing, same city, blocks away. Same city. And if people don't know, right? Which they, then- which they often don't, because most of us don't have multiple MRIs, multiple colonoscopies, multiple CBC blood tests. Yep. And if you have comparative information and the knowledge that you really do need to arm yourself with some kind of of research about this, or else on the back end, you could wind up with hundreds, if not thousands of dollars worth of unwelcome bills. One of the toxic things that I've heard for, I first heard this from a physical therapist more than 20 years ago, uh, where they were doing something unnecessary. And I said, why are you doing this? And what they said was, don't worry, the insurance will cover it. Mm. Basically, what they were saying was, we're going to increase healthcare spending, but it's not your problem. Well, I'm a responsible citizen. I want to say, stop that, you know? Right. Well, the, you know, that kind of behavior also results in higher premiums for you. Of course. It also results in compromises in your city government. For example, if they're paying higher health care bills, they're not fixing potholes. Your school tax bill, if the school is paying for higher health insurance for teachers, they're paying for fewer teachers and fewer textbooks. And any business that you look at is encountering the same things. We'd like to give our, our employees raises, but we're stuck with this huge health care bill. So this kind of, you know, oh, it's somebody else's problem, like, it's really a, a victimless crime. We're just going to upcharge you for it. it really That's what affects, they think. It's a victimless crime, right? It affects all of us, all of us. We'll be right back with today's episode after this word from our sponsor. Hey, everybody. This is Reed Smith. And this is Chris Boyer. And we are co-hosts on a show called Touchpoint, which is a podcast that's dedicated to the discussions on digital marketing and online patient engagement strategies, not only for just hospitals, but health systems and physician practices. In every episode, we'll dive deep into a variety of topics on digital tools, solutions, strategies, and other things that are impacting the healthcare industry today. And while you listen to this show, we would certainly love you to check out ours. All you have to do is swing on over to touchpoint.health for more information, and also some of the other shows that are featured on the Touchpoint Media Network. You really needed to use investigative journalism techniques, right, to do this. So what did you do? In, in those terms, I know your software was a place where people could look at prices and report prices of what they actually paid. How did the, the TV and newspaper writers get into it that made it an investigative journalism story? You know, it's, that's a great question. I mean, in many ways, our communities, the people who contributed to the database, mm-hmm. were co-investigators with us. So uh, here's an example. There was one woman who saved $3,786 on an MRI by using our tools. She was prescribed an MRI for a hereditary problem that probably affects her now and ultimately will. Her doctor said, you should have an MRI so that we can establish a baseline on this condition. She's a fairly young person. She had great employer-sponsored health care. She was like, of course, doctor's orders. So she scheduled the procedure. And then um, two days before it was supposed to happen, the hospital called her and said, how are you going to pay for this? And she said, well, how much is it going to cost? And they said, 
we just want to know how you how you're going to pay. And she said, I I asked you how much is it going to cost, and they said, what's your deductible? And she said, five thousand. But what difference does that make? How much is it going to cost? They responded, we will talk to your insurance company. We will call you back. So they called back and said that MRI would cost her $4,458. So she came to our reporter and said, is this even possible? And he said to her, look in the database. We have data about cash prices and also insured prices. See if you can find the same procedure for less money. She looked, she found it for $672. She came back to him and said, I must be making a mistake. Like there, there has to be, there has to be something wrong here that these two MRIs with the same procedure code should coexist in New Orleans. He said, do your homework again, ask your doctor. And ultimately, she wound up having it for $672, saving $3,786. So we, we kind of gave her the information and sort of deputized her to investigate with us and then to report back what her results had been. Just pretty well, great. I mean, you say deputize. Yes, in a sense, she was able to contribute data, but it's not like you were hunting down somebody and handing them a badge and a gun, right? No, no, no. But, but, but offering, giving her the knowledge and letting her have actionable information that she can then make decisions on was a really remarkable thing. And we have we have hundreds of stories like that. So here's the thing. The normal situation, which is why I'm obviously so passionate about this subject, there's such an opportunity here to help the system get the job done more effectively when consumers, otherwise known as patients, are empowered. You know, and the definition As listeners know, the definition I use of empowerment is from the World Bank. It's increasing people's capacity to make choices and take effective action and produce results. Now, I'd say that because she had seen your program in the newspaper on TV, she was able to make choices, inform choices, and take effective action and produce results. That's empowering citizens to help improve healthcare. And I just love it. Did I miss anything on that? Well, there was one other point. She did say to us that uh, when she heard the the first number, she pretty much decided that she wasn't going to do it. It was too much money. It didn't fit in her budget right now. And we hear that story over and over again of people who decline treatment or say, I'm going to do it later. You know, I can't afford it right now, which brings us to the point of what we view as a big, slow rolling, really threatening health crisis in this country of people who have chosen not to have treatment or to delay treatment because they don't know how much it's going to cost. They're afraid of the gotcha bill. That's a really bad thing. You know, one of the things that that motivates me is, sure, there's an aspect of investigative journalism that says we've got to out the bad guys or the people who are just doing a bad job or charging too much. But to me, the flip side of it, I worked in marketing all my career before I got into healthcare, is rewarding the people who are doing a good job for a good price. Whoever that $672 was, hallelujah for them, they should be trumpeted Mm -hmm. uh, and rewarded by gaining more business. It's funny, I don't even think of your work as just investigating, digging out the bad guys, I think of it as you are the force of information 
enabling a better market to exist. Thanks. Yeah, we feel that same way. And interestingly, we have heard from dozens and dozens of providers who have come to us and said, you know what, can we put our prices in your database? Because we're really interested in letting people know that they don't have to pay $6,000 for that MRI. They could have it here for 450 So the idea that people are using this as a business development opportunity is one that's very important for us. And for the system. Legitimate. So tell me something. I have some college friends who were full bore hippies, changed Mm -hmm. the whole world and everything. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them, a lot of us have gotten cynical over the years. Has anything changed as a result of this? Well, among other things, in New Orleans, we were very instrumental in getting legislation passed. There is a consumer protection bill that had been in the legislature in Baton Rouge for 10 years. The insurance, wow. yeah, the insurance commissioner came on camera with our partner, Lee Zurich at WVUE, as we were getting ready to launch and said, I have given up on this bill. It is never going to pass. The lawmakers really? in Baton Rouge are not going to go against Blue Cross Blue Shield of Louisiana and Our Lady of the Angels Hospital. And then about nine weeks later, after we launched and made a ton of noise about this, a very similar bill passed by the convincing margin of 100 to 1. (laughs) Really? Yeah. yeah. We also saw that hospitals and other providers were changing their behavior in ways that included things like being more friendly to patients who were calling in and asking for pricing information. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Um, because the whole town was talking about us. I mean, we could tell it, we could see it, we could hear it, we could feel it. And people well, called called in and said things like, I, I called them and they told me they couldn't tell me what it was going to cost. And I said, either you tell me or I'm going someplace else. Very good. And that's, you know, that's the way markets are supposed to work. People, different providers, different car makers, whatever, they try different things and offer them. And when people know about the options, the market flows in the direction that people wanted. But I mean, you must have gotten some pushback. Well, yeah, we did. I mean, at one of the big hospital systems down there, the CEO sent out an email, an all-hands email, trashing us to all of the employees. And instantly, several members of his staff sent us uh, versions of the email, uh, which we then wrote about, because as a reaction to what we were doing, it's very defensive and hostile. We thought it was really interesting to elicit that kind of reaction. Oh, yeah. I knew that the movement, you know, part of my movement says Googling is a sign of an engaged patient. And some people in the health professions don't like that. You know, the Belgian government and the biggest HMO in Israel have both produced commercials telling people not to Google. Ooh. So, yeah, when they start fighting back, that means you got their attention. This bill, what is it about? It's a consumer protection bill that um, restricts the practice of balanced billing, which, as you know, is if the hospital bills you, the insurance company pays a piece of it, and then the patient receives a bill for the balance. This particular bill restricts the practice of balanced billing, doesn't eliminate it, but restricts it. And who was it that was pushing back for 10 years, saying that bill was never going to get anywhere. Well, the the hospitals, the providers, and the insurance companies don't really like any kind of restriction on their practices and their abilities to bill whatever they want to and collect whatever they want to. And oh, by the way, send you to a collections agency if you haven't paid. 
So all of a sudden, from that bill going nowhere to being passed by 100 to 1, I can see why the Society of Professional Journalists gave you that award. Boy. Thanks. We feel like there is so much energy and attention in the healthcare marketplace devoted to keeping prices secret at every level, at every turn. That it's just, it's an amazing amount of time and energy and resources based on the thought that nobody should be able to know what stuff costs in healthcare. Our view is that if all of that time and energy were turned around into making things transparent, that there would be a much more healthy, reliable healthcare system. And that people wouldn't have to decide whether to have the MRI or to pay the mortgage, whether to buy their medication or buy food. And that if if all of the secrecy were suddenly washed away and people would have an opportunity to have an honest conversation with their provider, with their insurance company, we would have not only a much healthier ecosystem, we would have healthier people, healthier relationships between patients, or as we like to call them, people, and, <laughs> and, and their providers, or as we like to call them, doctors, nurse practitioners, clinicians of any shape or form. The secrecy gets in the way of relationships, and that should not happen. And, and of course, there's no legitimate reason for anybody to be secretive about it unless they're being a schnook. There was another story you shared where a friend crossed something out. Oh, yeah. We feel like when people like my friend who refused to give her credit card, when people take matters into their own hands, quite often anybody who's actually gone in for something like a colonoscopy or anything routine like that is given a sheaf of papers that includes the acknowledgement that if anything isn't covered by your insurance company, you will be responsible for paying for it. And what In my other friend words, you did, agree to balance billing. Yeah. Uh-huh. And what my friend did in that case was she, she took that piece of paper. She crossed out the part that said, I agree to pay for everything, initialed it, got a copy of it, so that she then was stating affirmatively that she was not going to be responsible for that. Do you think they noticed? Yeah. And I they, think if they noticed that she'd crossed it out and they accepted it anyway. Yeah, I've done Good. it. I've, I've done that myself. I went in for a colonoscopy and they asked me to sign that piece of paper. And I said, I'm not signing it. And if you need me to talk to the doctor, I'll talk to the doctor, but I'm not signing that. I checked in advance that everybody's in network. I'm not going to sign something that says I'm paying. And, and well, they went I, ahead anyhow. Good. So that in-network thing, that's, that reminds me, was it must have been two years ago, there was a big thing in the Times about a guy who had made sure that he was having some big surgical procedure. He made sure that the hospital was in-network, covered by his insurance. He made sure that the surgeon was in-network, covered by his insurance. He made sure everyone was. And yet, something like six weeks later, he got a bill for more than $100,000 from another doctor who showed up in the OR without his knowledge, somebody he'd never heard of, and he got stuck with that bill. Right. It reminds me of what was the movie Network, right? <laughs> the, the guy opened the window and yelled out, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Right. Right. Well, in his case, I mean, his whole career was going down in flames. But what we can do is shop 
and say, if you can't tell me the price, I'm not buying your French fries. It's an important thing because in the travels that I've done and the hundreds of speeches that I've done, it's not uncommon for a doctor or an executive to come up to me afterwards, and they're being thoughtful, they're not being jerks, and say, you know, that's okay, Dave, I understand that you're that way, but my patients aren't asking me for this stuff, Mm -hmm. which may be entirely true. That's sort of like the election flyer in 1912 that said, don't give women the vote because most women aren't asking for it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, the remedy is start asking. Just make it so that the billing people at the front desk clerks are accustomed to hearing what's this going to cost? What's this going to cost over and over? You can even do it when you make the appointment, not wait until you go in there. Right. And if we each one of us ask that every time, it becomes normative behavior and not the exception. But also, I mean, it does help if you have information like you could, if you're in your, your doctor's office and she sends you for an MRI, you can pull out your handheld and dial up clear health costs and say, look, you know what? You just sent me to the place that's like $6,221. I, I have a high deductible plan. Could I go to the place that's like 800 or even the place that's 500 so that you can have a conversation that actually is fruitful and is based on a certain amount of knowledge? Two more things I want to be sure we touch on. The one that you just pointed to is what they call information symmetry. Right. And and that actually is a principle in warfare. If one mm-hmm. party in a war knows something, and the, the simplest example of this is an ambush. Mm-hmm. You know, if party mm-hmm. A is hiding and knows that they're about to pounce on party B and party B doesn't know it, mm-hmm. that's called information asymmetry. And it was mentioned as far back as the ancient Chinese book of warfare, The Art of War. Which, by the way, is now, believe it or not, a business book. <laughs> People are taught to take advantage of information asymmetry. What you're expressing, the stories you're expressing, is that when the patient, the consumer, number one, knows that they can ask, knows that they have a right to ask, I mean, after all, it's their money, and knows that the game can, the, the dice table can be a little bit tilted, they can speak up. What we suggest is that everybody get comfortable with asking very few short questions. What will this cost? What will it cost me with my insurance? What's your cash price? We, uh, hear, yes. a lot that, we hear a lot that people who ask for a cash price increasingly are able to save money by paying cash and then always say, I want that in writing. Please put that in writing. So that you have a record of who said what to you, when they said it, and in case you wind up with this crazy bill, then you can go back and say, you know what, Susie in the billing office told me that it was going to be five hundred. What is this two thousand three hundred dollar bill doing here? And if if somebody won't put it in writing, you can always say, I need your name, I need your phone number, and then you can take contemporaneous notes so that you have a record of this. Not everything is shoppable. You pointed out, like, not everything lends itself to them. We don't expect people who are on a gurney waiting for an emergency appendectomy to be nickel and diamond over whether it's in network or how much is it going to cost. But for many of our interactions with healthcare, they are shoppable. And we need to acquire the habit of protecting ourselves by asking. 
cash prices. Can you briefly explain what that is? Because a lot of people might not have ever heard of the idea. Yeah, for most of us, the idea that our insurance policy is giving us access to the lowest price for a given procedure from a given provider, that's something that lives in us just as, you know, the sort of way the system works. But increasingly, we hear from people who put away their insurance card and pay less for medication. You might have a $50 copay for every generic medication, but it might be that you get that generic for $4 or $12. Same thing for a procedure. We had um, somebody in California come to us and say, I had an MRI, I was going to be charged $1,850. I talked to the office manager, I said, I have a $7,500 deductible. And she said, if you pay cash and agree not to report to your insurer, Blue Cross, you can have it for $580. So by getting in the habit of asking that question, what's the cash price? What's the why would they not want? Why would the hospital not want the patient to tell the insurance company? Well, it it doesn't fall against your deductible if you're getting a cash price. So that one thousand eight hundred fifty that the patient was supposed to pay ultimately would go to the hospital. But if they were paying only five hundred eighty, then the insurance company might come back to the hospital and say, well, you know, if you're only charging 580, then we want to pay that same 580. It's this whole... Oh, 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 don't tell the insurance company we gave you a special deal that we don't give them. Right, right. There will be many more hours on this podcast about various aspects of the malarkey that is American (laughs) healthcare pricing. Uh-huh. But this is one other thing, by the way, the CAT scan machines, I have personally experienced when you go to one that's got a cheaper price, mm-hmm. it does not mean you're getting a junkyard recycled CAT scan. No. Sometimes I have gotten at these independent shops, I have gotten newer machines right. than the extremely experienced ones at my hospital. So you don't need to be afraid of that. Couldn't agree more. Well, Sooner or later, I'm going to have to wrap this up. I am truly thrilled. You know, you and I have discussed many times over the years that we're we're social activists. We want to see change in the world, mm-hmm. unlike some of the big name consulting companies that just want to keep writing reports uh-huh. for their clients about how the world hasn't changed yet. Let's go have a cigar. You know? uh-huh. So I am thrilled that your profession, after all your years at the Times and the people I met and worked with in New Orleans at the TV station and the newspaper got this recognition as really making a dent in a problem that affects a whole lot of people producing better results. Any final advice or have we covered it all? I think what I wanted to say multiple times is to thank you so much for your work in this regard that empowering patients and liberating them and proving to them that they can have not only a role, but a leading role in their medical care is something that's crucially important to everybody. What we're doing is one small aspect of the amazing, titanic, towering work that you're doing. And I just wanted to thank you for that. Well, it takes many ropes to topple a statue of Stalin, huh? I I have no idea where that one came from, or Saddam Hussein, for that matter. No, seriously, really, everyone out there listening, 
start asking how much is this going to cost me? And I love this additional thing about what's the cash price? Because mm-hmm. if they get accustomed to routinely hearing this stuff, or, you know, whatever city you're in, it's possible for you to talk to the local newspapers, send them this episode or the blog post that'll be in the show notes and say, hey, why don't you get some of that clear health cost stuff done? (laughs) It takes work. It takes money to make it work. But look at the change that can start to happen. A bill that was stuck for 10 years. Is it correct, say it's become law now? Yes. Signed by the governor. Hallelujah. All right. Now, I just got health nerd goosebumps when you said that. (laughs) Change is possible. We have the power to take action and produce results. That, ladies and gentlemen, was Jeannie Pinder, formerly of the New York Times, now an independent, highly committed, entrepreneurial, and long-suffering investigative journalist in healthcare doing the dirty work of digging prices out, finally putting power in the hands of consumers to report what reality is, getting this nomination for the Peabody Award, which is like, it is the Pulitzer Prize of Journalism in the very select circle of 60 nominees, and getting the Sigma Delta Chi Society of Professional Journalism Awards. The team on this project actually got that award, well-deserved, and I'm just looking forward to a better, more empowered tomorrow. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, wait, audience out there in Radio Land, there is more. This just in, Jeannie Pinder and her crew of radical revolutionary investigative journalists in New Orleans have won another prestigious award since we did the original recording. Ms. Pinder, tell the nice people. Yeah, I'm delighted to report that we won the Edward R. Murrow Award, National Award for Continuing Coverage for our Cracking the Code work. Edward R. Murrow was a famous investigative journalist, one of the sort of patron saints of investigative journalists in the United States. So we're really excited to have won this prize. So now this is a national award, yes? Yes. This is is national recognition for the investigative journalism on top of the Society of Professional Journalists and the Peabody Award nomination, right? Yes, that's right. So this just gets better and better. This is like Golden Globes and then Oscars. I'm thrilled. And as a social activist, the thing that really thrills me most about this is that people in the professions, the big-time people, are noticing and saying, dude, that is excellent. Right. Yeah, we're excited about that, too. Okay, great. Everybody, you can go off to bed now. That's our our last-minute addendum. So congratulations, Jeannie. We've known each other for years, and it's been great watching your struggle and your climb. And I'm so glad you're getting professional recognition. This show is made possible in part by the Social Health Institute. Through research and partnerships with healthcare organizations around the country, the Social Health Institute explores new and innovative ways for hospitals, healthcare organizations to develop and enhance their social media and digital marketing strategy. To learn more about the Social Health Institute, visit them online at socialhealthinstitute.com. That's socialhealthinstitute.com. I hope you'll come back and bring friends and do that thing that's so important to all podcasters. 
rate us on iTunes and everywhere else, because that boosts whether we show up high when people search for health podcasts. I'm very frank about my purpose in doing this. I just want to change the world in ways that matter to you, the health consumer, the person who has the needs for which the whole industry exists. So please, let us know who you'd like to have on, what topics you'd like to hear about, anything. Remember, the World Bank says empowerment is increasing people's capacity to make choices about what they want and take effective action. This podcast really will be about helping healthcare achieve its potential by supporting and improving your power, the power of the patient. This has been a Touchpoint Media production. To learn more about this show and others like it, please visit us online at touchpoint.health.